You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or the Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. I'm Beth. And I'm Andrew. And we're your, your art friends. friends. How you how you doing, my dude? I'm doing okay. Um, we talked a little bit before uh, recording, but I had a stressful beginning of the week. But now, things are good. Now it's a Friday. We record on Fridays. We release on Thursdays. Your art friends are here for you at the tail end of the week. Mondays can't do anything for you. Yeah. Mondays are the days where we have our freakouts. But Fridays is the best time. Yes, it's very good. I rediscovered a love of mine this week. Mike? I had the privilege. <laughs> oh. Oh, I, I can't rediscover that one. That one's just in front of my face every single day. Big love. Big love for my husband. No, crafting. Ooh. I went to Montana this week for a wedding and we, it was like a DIY wedding. So they had a bunch of people who had showed up early, come help set everything up. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to help. Um, when you live a modern woman's lifestyle, you get dressed every day and you go into the office and you show up and you give your presentations and you look fancy and sound smart. And then you come home and you, you do all the things that you need to do to continue looking fancy and sounding smart. You read your books, you fucking paint your nails, you do your skincare, you watch your shows, you listen to the audio books, you podcast it up. It's all in like preparation for presenting yourself the very best way. You know what you don't do as an adult? Make a comedy art At podcast. Least... <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> are you calling me out of my childishness? <laughs> It took everything in me to not be like, well, what's your excuse when you were building up <laughs> all of that? <laughs> but but then I was like, I can't I can't just say that. That sounds too mean. I have to I have to bring it up this way because then it you know sounds what? like I'm not being mean. <laughs> when you're playing volleyball and you and you set the ball, I, I, I don't want to spike it, it in your face, though. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say is crafting. I don't ever spend any time doing shit that doesn't matter, except that it's fun. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's a millennial problem, but I got to say, going up into the I, mountains. I, I, I helping, don't know what you're talking about. I, I cannot relate. You don't know what? You know? It's just me. <laughs> he says as he turned his hobby of Magic the Gathering into a stream <laughs> that did not last. That's what we always do. <laughs> That's what we always do. We just desperately try to make money off of things that ordinarily brought us joy. But crafting. When I was an itty bitty, mm -hmm. I used to love to take stuff and glue it together and have new stuff. And I don't do that anymore. Um, but going to this wedding, I was asked to set up a guest book table. And so I was like, oh, 
We couldn't find a smaller table, so now we have this enormous table for a tiny book. Mm -hmm. That means we have to decorate the left and the right side. Well, we're in the woods. I'm going to go pick up a bunch of rocks, and I'm going to make, like, rock rivers that design out on the left and the right side of this table, and I'm going to set up little fairy lights underneath the rocks. So we'll turn that on, and it'll look all pretty. And I got, like, flower petals and set all of that up. And then uh, there was a crown, a flower crown-making station, and I took excess tool and I decorated all of the flower bins with the excess tool so they wouldn't have just like warning labels. Don't drown your children in this bucket mm-hmm. showing. <laughs> Cover that up with tool. Um, and just like running around and decorating and, and sprucing stuff up. I really enjoy it. It's it's calming and satisfying and I'm good at it. And sometimes that can be annoying because I'll... I'll take a V1, right? Like I'll I'll dress up the flower table mm-hmm. and I'll stand back and be like, well, that was a good first attempt, but here's how we can improve it. And then I get up close and I change things around. Um, and God bless her, but the mother of the bride came over and she was like, this looks amazing. I love it. Where'd the bow go? And I was like, oh, that bow, I need to change it. I need to make it better. <laughs> She's like, it was so good. I already took a picture of the bow. And in my art brain, I'm like, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what that bow could look like. Girl, you give... Give me 15 minutes and I'll have this table shining mm-hmm. like a star beam. Uh, and I did. Nice. I did. I'm really, I'm really good at making a table look nice. Hell yeah. And I didn't even take a picture. I didn't prove it to anybody, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just did it because it was fun and it was needed. Mm-hmm. How can I find that in my modern adult woman life? Make a craft corner. Hmm. You can be like Paris Geller from Gilmore Girls, where you have a little craft station that you like have to do every day. For, like ten minutes. <laughs> she does that because she has mental health issues, though. I think maybe it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she got way too overworked and burnt out. She got burnt out. Yeah. So I'm seeing myself in this burnt out person because playing with tool helped calm my brain. I. I see. Yes. <laughs> Put that one in my back pocket and move forward <laughs> in my life. Uh, seeing the parallels. Thank you, Andrew. No problem. Always here to talk about Gilmore Girls. Today, we're talking about mascots. Ooh. I've been wanting to talk about this because I have had a question on the top of my head for a while now. Uh, as you guys know, Andrew and I are big weebs. We're big Japanophiles. Yes. And so the question that I have is why are American mascots so ugly? Yeah. Who knows if we're going to answer that question? Mostly, I just want to talk about how Japanese mascots are so cute. Yeah, they're so much better. They're so much better. A thousand times better. Andrew's put together a game that we're going to play. Yes. Then at the end of the show, we want to see if we can make our own mascot. I'm very excited to get to that part. Well, hold your excitement, because first, I have a little game for you. Okay. You said that almost like the Saw character, Jigsaw. Great. Perfect. Put your mind into that kind of environment, because... I'm going to have to saw my arm off and use it to paint something. I wouldn't do that to you. Don't worry, it'll be my left arm, not the right arm. I'm going to write that down as a future choice. (laughs) Andrew. Mm Mm-hmm. You come across a witch in the woods. She loves cute shit and hexes. 
You're ill-fated to have met her, but she lets you choose which of these two curses you'd prefer. Would you rather have it be that every time you draw anything with a face, regardless of what you intended, it always has big cartoonish googly eyes? <laughs> okay. Or now you have big cartoonish googly <laughs> eyes. Oh, man. Well, first off, when you first like queued that up, when you said uh, I came across a, a witch person in the woods, my first a witch in the woods. My, my first yes. instinct was like, is she my age? Because uh, I'm a sucker for you those. You can alt never girls. tell with witches. <laughs> uh, she, I can, I can look however you would like me to, Andrew. My voice will never change. But if you want me to be kawaii. (laughs) That voice. Oh my god, I can't I can't deal with that voice. I've been rejected. I think given my given my work and what I've cultivated as my 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 body of work, I think I would opt for having googly eyes. Because I feel like one that could be really funny and make me like go viral on TikTok or something. You'd have a you've had what is that called? It's a filter. You just have a natural filter face. Yeah, and I can just work from home. Like it's fine. Okay. Are they like bigger than like glasses, or can I like put? Can I wear sunglasses? I think you cannot wear sunglasses. So they're just like. Like obnoxiously it's, big. It's obnoxiously big. Okay. I would be. Hmm. It's cartoon rules. Okay. I was gonna say that your eyes aren't gonna be any wider than the the framing of your face. Mm-hmm. Then again, l- look at any cartoon, and sometimes those eyes way outside the face. Look at Sonic. Mm-hmm. You don't have the line. <laughs> Sonic's just one you one big old eye, but two. It's one big old eye, two pupils. <laughs> You can look to the left and both pupils go Voo, all the way to the left. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time getting a date. You're going to have a hard time being accepted by your family. You're going to have a hard time uh, applying for a car loan. But your art will look exactly how you want it to look. Yeah. Because uh, I just feel like if I went the route of everything I drew had cartoon eyes, like it would be yeah. cute and adorable. But I don't, I don't do cute and adorable. You'd have to completely do, redo your brand. Yeah, no, and I think a lot it is work. It is so interesting. <laughs> an audience, I would love for you guys to weigh in on this. If you are an artist yourself and you are somebody who deals in the realistic and would not be able to make the pivot to <clears throat> big googly eyes in all of your work, uh, would you sacrifice your own face for the integrity of your of your art? I don't think I would. I think I would go Googles. But you you draw goofy things already, and you're you're quite it's good true. at it. And you're you can also bounce back and forth between doing more realistic stuff and doing like goofy things. It would lock me into yeah the goofy stuff. Yeah. But honestly, uh, th- this podcast has taught me that maybe that's the lock I've been looking for my entire life. And this is is this show the key. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta write that down. That's my first pitch for the Your Art Friends mascot. <laughs> lock and Googly key. Googly eye lock and key. <laughs> All right. Mascots. 
I'm here today to talk to you about Yuruchara, the Japanese mascot phenomenon, and how sad I am that America only has Gritty. <laughs> as their only one good one. That's it. <laughs> gritty is so strange. Exactly. That's the key. Ooh. Gritty is like, Gritty just makes me think of Sesame Street, but like what they look like grown up. Grown up, but also like did a, a little bit. You know, there's some adults who uh, they don't do drugs now, but they definitely spent about three years of their early 20s mm-hmm. making mis- serious mistakes, but they recovered. And now they just have stories and a shorter life expectancy. That's gritty. How how great would it have been if they sent gritty to like the Tokyo Olympics is like, this is our mascot. <laughs> if gritty could fight Goku at the Tokyo Olympics... <laughs> I would pay. M- I, that would be the only thing I watched. That would be the yeah. only thing. I don't care for sports. I don't watch sports. I don't follow sports. The most exciting thing so far from the Olympics that I've like looked at was the guy who was uh, knitting. I love that guy. <laughs> like that was. He's a swimmer. Perfect. He just like vibes out knitting in the background. Yeah. I pitch that Gritty should go fight Goku during the Olympics for the entirety of the Olympics. All of the time that the Olympics are going on, it just you could just tune into one channel that is the gritty Goku fight. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know what Yurukara means? Yes. It breaks down into two words. Yuroi means gentle, laid back, and light. And kara is short for character. Hmm. So it's a gentle, laid back, and light character. That's like me. And me. <laughs> no, you're, you're tough. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, I have tattoo. I am strong and tough and badass. After I was looking up Yuruchara, I was curious what mascot means. So I was looking up the origins of that, mm-hmm. and it's French. Hmm. Mascot is mascot with a T and an E on the end, and it means lucky charm. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. That tracks, because we so often see mascots associated with American sports. Yeah. So, if you're not an absolute weeb and know exactly what sort of characters I'm talking about, you've still probably seen some. There's a little brown rectangle guy named Domokun, who you'd probably recognize. Mm -hmm. He's got dot eyes and a big square mouth with sharp teeth. But what you might not know is that he's the mascot for the Japanese public broadcasting company NHK, which is like Japan's BBC. (laughs) What? That's right. Like I, I, I'm familiar with that with that character, but I didn't know that that was what it was for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a friend of mine at the summer camp I used to work at, like they they had several stuffed versions of of the character of Domokun. Mm-hmm. That's the thing; people become fans of the mascot, not of the thing that the mascot represents. Interesting. But that said, not all Japanese mascots are Yuruchara. Hello Kitty, for instance, doesn't count because she's a commercial-oriented character. And then my favorite apathetic egg, Gudetama. He's my favorite, and he's not. He's not the same thing. Because these little weirdos are different. Japanese artist Jun Miyuda is widely credited with coining the term in 2009, outlining three fundamental components of a Yuruchara mascot. Mm-hmm. Number one, it must convey a strong message of love for one's hometown. Two, its movements should be unique and unstable or awkward. (laughs) (laughs) And three, it should be unsophisticated or laid back and lovable. 
I'm definitely the last two out of those three. <laughs> yeah. I want to keep those three things in mind when we create our own mascot at the end of this episode. Because while you and I don't share a hometown necessarily. Midwest is our hometown. All right, then we need to make a, a Midwestern, awkward, unstable, laid back, lovable, unsophisticated, unique creature to represent our show. But anyway, something that I learned through this research is that while mascots have existed throughout modern sell stuff all the time culture, capitalism, the Yuruchara phenomenon is pretty recent. Yeah. It all kicked off back in 2007 with this guy, Hikonyan. And I'm going to show you Hikonyan. Oh, look at that little samurai hat wearing cat that's what he is he's a little white cat he's got a samurai hat he's got a little bell around his neck what's that little little side character on the second image that you sent me that's I, like tooting ignore the tooting thing uh, i don't know where that that has nothing to do with him shoot i like the toot so hikunan is a samurai cat created by the government of hikone city to mark the 400th anniversary of hikone castle Okay. The samurai hat-wearing cat's popularity exploded. People flocked to see Hikonyan. He generated more than $200 million in tourism spending. <laughs> Other cities took note, hoping to replicate Hikone's success with mascots of their own. I'm going to directly quote this SB Nation article now. It's called, A Look into Japan's Obsession with Bizarre Mascots. Mm -hmm. And author James Detour says... Though Yuruchara was initially rooted in connecting people to brands, the public's love for the characters themselves soon created a demand for apparel, accessories, food, toys, and just about anything else that could be branded with a mascot's image. Merchandise sales reached a reported 16 billion in 2012, and fan loyalty has only in continued to grow. Fuck. Jesus Christ. And that's the end of the quote. Brands and businesses followed suit, and now there are too many mascots in Japan. Wow. Like, actually, the government has mandated that the unpopular mascots be retired. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they're like, mascots that, you know, don't have more than 10,000 followers. They are retired. We're done. <laughs> they're out. No more. And the reason why they do that is because they make so much money off of these mascots that they don't want to overpopulate the market and mm -hmm. burn people out on mascots. So they're like, oh, no. There needs to be a scarcity of cute. <laughs> People like this too much and we want them to continue to like it. And oh I, that's so funny. I love that. To continue quoting from SB Nation. In the United States, mascots are designed to appeal to children and are typically associated with sports and consumer brands. This is not true in Japan, where almost every brand, prefecture and local government is represented by a mascot promoting everything from local produce to pachinko parlors and generating billions of dollars in the process. And unlike American mascots that exist to stand out, Japanese mascots are made to blend in. Hmm. So I humbly come to you, Andrew, yes. with the desire to change America. I mean, yeah, I agree. We There's lots of things that need to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Too many cool. places we'll to start, list. but yes, mascots is definitely <laughs> at the highest point of like social justice and change that needs to happen in the United States. That I think that's what we can do. Yeah, that's where our there are plenty of problems. Our strengths, but our, come in. <laughs> <laughs> strengths. <laughs> I think we should adopt the same kind of energy. I like that. There are so many cute little buds. Mm -hmm. There's cute little buds everywhere. And over here, when you look for a cute little bud, why 
why are they horrible? Why are American mascots like ch- a Chuck E. Cheese rat? I feel like he's gone through a recent redesign, so they tried to make him a little cuter. Yeah, not cute enough. I feel like our mascots, like especially sports mascots, they try to be too serious. I feel like the U.S.'s sports mascots are like the toxic masculinity of mascots. I agree. Like the G.I. Joe 1980s, like He-Man looking mascots. They all have realistic eyes. Yeah. No, we don't need that. Just give us googly eyes. Googly eyes. Dots. Tiny dots. Big dots. We don't discriminate on dot sizes. This little samurai cat, his eyes, they're the size of my pinky nail. Itty bitty. $200 million of revenue. Yeah. Well, when we were talking about this topic, you mentioned how, like, the United States doesn't embrace, like, cute as, like, a style and a thing that is uh, popular. And I think it's yeah, interesting. Like, a, like Western art history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it spits upon the cute. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because, like, a friend of mine, Sudi Bear, her work, it's got, like, this cool street style, mm-hmm. but mixed with, like, cute and i think part of the reason why her work stands out so much is because it leans into the cute side of things it's because of the cute yeah similarly my friend hammy house she's somebody who That's like hamtaro has been isn't it hamtaro's been like a huge influence on her and the work that she's the most drawn to is like that it, it's tiny dot eyes adorable she just recently did a mushroom zine oh, and cool. every single day in may she did a mushroom that oh, has like little characters holding holding a little basket yeah. or going collecting leaves and having a nice time <laughs> taking a nap you know and she in college we were in the same class together and our instructor told her that she would have no career in cute all opportunities would dry up for her because nobody wants that and wow no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I would be willing, I think I've said this on the podcast before, and if I haven't, I'm saying it now. I think in the next lifetime of mine, we're going to see a a kind of high art respect of cuteness emerge mm-hmm. in Western, the Western art world. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are like behind in terms of, in terms of what's popular. Yeah, and that's unusual. Yeah, normally we're culture creators, but now Korea's over here doing all of the cool stuff before we do. Yeah, I feel like I'm looking to Korea to be like, how should I dress? What should I wear? What What do I look like? <laughs> what do I look like? Can I look like you, please? No. Okay. Specifically, I'm thinking about because I've been listening to this podcast, and it, it, they they don't need the help, but it's the Avatar: The Last Airbender podcast that Nickelodeon put out with the voice actors for Zuko and Korra are the hosts. Oh. Um, and they've been talking about how even when they made Avatar The Last Airbender, like they went over to Japan and, and studied with a couple animation studios. I think it was Japan. They studied with some animation studios and they kind of learned some things that they brought back to the show. But even then, when they brought it back to the show, it was still like they, the creators of the show even said that it was still like 10 years behind where like the Japanese animation studios were at. 
with like 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 just in terms of what they're willing to what they're willing to to try and do and like mm. get away with mm-hmm. whereas like the american animation studios at the time weren't willing to go past like i guess rugrats fairly odd parents that kind of stuff yeah I was reading a bunch about um, American animation versus Japanese animation because I think that it's tangentially related to Mm -hmm. why our mascots look so different. Um, And like anime and cartoons is the same thing Mm -hmm. on their base level. Anime means Japanese animation. Cartoons, it means American animation. But the ways that these things were made dictated the styles and the branching aesthetics that, that happened. Like Japanese animation was hugely influenced by Disney animation. Mm -hmm. Both American and Japanese do stem from some of the same influences, um, but because of the process of how they were animating over there. There are two things that I want to talk about as far as Japanese animation and American animation, so anime and cartoons, respectively. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read a little bit from this article on theartifice.com called Duality of American and Japanese Animation. Ooh, so intense. (laughs) The little dance your eyebrows did when you said that it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so this article says American and Japanese animation productions do not animate the same. The former using full animation and the latter limited animation. Mm-hmm. Full animation, so the American style, is defined as animating on the ones or twos, meaning that for every second of a 24 frame animation, there are one or two drawings. This foundation developed into the 12 principles of animation, some of which included squash and stretch, secondary action, follow through, and moving holds. These techniques cement the illusion that animated characters exist in a consistent version of reality Mm -hmm. and that the audience don't see the characters as animation. Disney's standard was to create the illusion of life, hence no style changes as that would break the illusion. Mm. The standard was based on the animators being actors. They watched and studied real-life objects, peoples, animals, etc., and emulated their movements on paper. On the other hand, anime focuses more on character acting being symbolic. Rather than actors, Japanese animators act more as filmmakers, using limited animations, which reduces the number of frames per second, usually about eight. Mm -hmm. With limited animation, anime reuses common parts between frames rather than redrawing. Despite the influence Disney animators had on anime pioneers, Japanese animation quickly diverged with less emphasis on fluid character movement and more on composition and experimenting with camera movement to make the image appear more dynamic. I think it's really cool, like just you reading that, thinking about you and I, our our art styles, and thinking about mm. how our art styles lean very heavily into composition, and yeah. and are focused more on that. Yeah, it's not always like the story of what the image is trying to say, but every tool that you have to tell that story—the graphic design, mm-hmm. the graphic design, the composition, the colors, the angles—what yeah. what action is being shown versus the whole Monty in one image, which might be like a like the D and D book. I don't know. I I think about like D and D art or like high fantasy um, book covers and things mm-hmm. as being like very very American. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're. Uh, I feel like that probably an apt description you know maybe norman rockwell would be a better person to point to like norman rockwell (laughs) ready norman rockwell and american animation Mm -hmm. and then japanese animation and us Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) 
Are we comparing ourselves to Norman Rockwell right now? <laughs> I'm just saying that he uh, has a different perspective than we do. I well, mean, who knows? Maybe after several years of doing this podcast. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. That would be amazing. Um, but the second thing I wanted to bring up uh, for cartoons and anime mm-hmm. is through the 60s, the 60s through the 80s, and even on now till today, to a certain extent, American cartoons are so wanting to sell toys to children. Yes. And so, so much of American cartooning uh, had this, this toy component to it. And a, a huge purpose of those shows was to get kids into Transformers, into Gem and the Holograms, into... Yeah. What else am I looking at here? Captain Planet. Um, I don't know if there were Captain, Captain Planet Pla- toys. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So it was. It was like in the attempt to to make merchandise and sell things and make profit. Mm-hmm. So cartoons were were just like a method of doing that. Um, I think, man, I don't like the way that this sentence is going to come out, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> the capitalistic nature of children's cartoons has held us back creatively, and we are not cute enough. Now, as a result. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's a fair stab in the dark at that. It feels like a real uh, niche YouTube video that I just created. <laughs> like, yes, but I also totally agree because I think that is something that hinders American animation. Yeah. And I think we've gotten some cool divergence from the typical path with shows like Steven Universe and she and... Stuff like that, I feel like it's starting to kind of be more cute and lean into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do think that our generation is really taking Japanese influence in stride and creating something. What I don't, new. I don't, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do. I'm standing for a second ago. I said something profound and I backed off because I was nervous about it, and now I'm living in my colorful truth. No, live your, live your profound, colorful truth. I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about it. So how do you think we could get away from from the the capitalist focus of, of American <laughs> animation? God, that sounds so... Uh, I don't like the, the feeling of those words. Is the answer TikTok? <laughs> you know? Is the answer... Is it like small, independent, created art? That has no gate, no barrier to entry or creation. Maybe. Should we make a mascot revolution on TikTok, dude? Let's do it. Oh, Beth. Beth. Beth, 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 Beth. What? So, you know the little cat with the samurai hat that you sent me earlier? Yeah. And it has the little little character off to the side, Tootin'. Hikonyan and his a tiny weird friend. Yeah. Yes. So the tiny weird friend that could totally be like our, 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 our mascot. It could just be a butt. It could be a butt. A tootin. <gasps> Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> Coming up with a good idea is hard. It takes diligence and a keen mind, a commitment to your craft. I don't know what you're talking about. And the about. wherewithal to actually execute it. Shh. Pushing past that last bastion of insecurity to share it openly with the world is hard. And ultimately, that is what sets the greats apart from the rest. It's easy to recognize a good idea. To stand alongside others in a crowd and scream, why didn't I think of that? But do you know what? 
Today that crowd is full of friends. Your art friends. And that's exactly what we're going to do. How many people does it take to make a crowd? Today? Just two. <laughs> Just two. <laughs> I, I feel bad making that dumb joke after you've like I, clearly wrote this like eloquent thing to lead I, into What you it. don't know is I wrote that joke and then I was like, I shouldn't write that joke because maybe Andrew will make that joke. And you fucking did, dude. Yes. We both just air punched because we were both so excited that we're that in sync. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hell yeah. So uh, who do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Mine's horny. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to hold on to mine. Okay. So I guess I'll go. Always end with horny <laughs> is my attitude. <laughs> That's the mantra of the podcast. Always end with horny. <laughs> um so my why didn't i think of that actually came about this past sunday i worked the first event that i have worked in 18 months at a local game store in cincinnati it's called mavericks hobby cards and hobbies i think cards and hobbies and they had ordered playmats from me and so i was delivering the playmats in addition to setting up a table and And if you don't know what playmats are like me a year ago a playmat is like a mouse pad. They're big, big old mouse pads. A big old mouse pad. You can play Magic the Gathering on top of it, or you crafts. Yeah. I actually had people um, at conventions prior to COVID tell me that they would use their playmats for model building, because if they dropped apart, it wouldn't bounce, because it would just hit the like padded ah. mat. But yes, yeah, so I was working this event, and... I have this one illustration, and Beth, you're probably familiar with it. It is, uh, I call it resilient, and it has three heads, three different faces, and there's three different sets of hands. I, I sent you this image, and uh, the the three heads and the three sets of hands are all overlaid and kind of overlapping and intertwining. And this this gentleman comes up, and he buys a play mat, and I'm telling him the story about it and everything, and he goes, oh, well, you signed my mat. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He, he gets it signed, and I just, I, I sign it with my initials, which spell art, and he walks away. Great. And he comes back a few minutes later, and he goes, wait, 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 wait. He goes, big brain moment. And I go, what? And he goes, can you sign it two more times? And overlay oh. the signatures like you overlaid the faces and the hands. And I got oh. so mad internally that I did not think of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he asked me that, I was like, dude, I was like, that's amazing. And I just mm-hmm. like straight up like told him, like, that is the greatest idea. When it comes to... You should have given him $20 as a consultation fee. I really should have. I should have paid him for the <laughs> license for that idea. But yeah, this dude just just blew my mind on a Sunday. Well, in contrast, um, I'm sharing with Andrew first this thing. He would like to go ahead and click on this Etsy and scroll through the images. Okay. I found out about these, and I'm, I am tickled pink by these guys. In the Victorian era, you could purchase hand mirrors that had the image of a woman on it. Just like a standard mm-hmm. portrait of a woman. Think like Gibson Girl, simple line drawings. Sometimes they had like more photorealistic depictions. 
Um, but for the most part, it looks like a standard kind of illustrative woman posing or looking at you, whatever. Well, what you can do is you wrap your hand around the top part of the mirror and turn it upside mm -hmm. down. And the drawing, when turned upside down, becomes porn, dude. It's going to oh, be shit. so hard to I describe this. I didn't even realize that that was... Okay, okay. I see it now. You see it now? I did not catch that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, if you block their heads. So what, <laughs> what we're looking at right now are two women. I'm going to focus on the one woman on the left. She's... She's just, she's got her hand by her neck and she's holding up her dress and she's holding some flowers to her nose and having a sniff of the flowers. And then when you turn it upside down and block her head, her neck becomes her coochie. Her elbows become her knees. Now that you're not looking at the head and the hands anymore, that implies that the uh, arms continue down as feet. And you're looking at mm -hmm. a naked body. It's a naked coochie all of a sudden. And yeah. there are so many of these, and they're so clever. So I've been going through because I was curious if there were any funny comments. One of them is kind of funny, given the fact that you turn this over and it becomes porn. Uh, one review, it's five stars and says, came fast. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm all of these things, by the way, if you follow us on Twitter... All of our Why Didn't I Think of that? all of our artist recommendations. You can find those posted on our Twitter if you want to see what we're talking those about. Are great. We'll see if Twitter lets me post these. <laughs> uh, but it's Is it's this so something funny. where, where we so post like... just the first one and tell, tell people just to cover up the face and flip it over <laughs> <laughs> on their phone? That could be a, a yeah. sneaky TikTok. I don't want yeah. to post porn, but I do want to draw one of these. <laughs> I do kind of want to like explore this idea. Yeah. It's, it's really intelligent design. Yeah. Here's a question for you though. Okay. Do you think they drew it as the porn first and then added the head? Or do you think they started with the head and then drew the porn part of it? What a question. Lord, the only thing I can do to answer that is to consider what I might do. Exactly. And to, you gotta start porn first. You gotta, you gotta start with the end in mind. <laughs> <laughs> I want to own one of these. I think I'm not a collector and I don't spend money on, I don't, I don't spend money on stuff. What am I saying? Yes, I do. That's, everybody does that. But I don't, I don't. By... I mean, how much are they? How much are they? Usually? These are like Victorian vintage secrets. Well, they're being sold on Etsy. So how much? are they? Oh, my God. Andrew, I just clicked on a Google image search thinking that it would just take me to a bunch of these kinds uh -huh. of images. Um, I, I think I've... Is your computer hacked? It might be. I've gone to Haunted Object website. We're not. We're not that type of podcast. We could be, though. Look at this thing. No, I don't want to. No. Oh, God. It's a lipstick monkey, <laughs> no. Andrew. Guys, no. I just found a tiny Why monkey. Why would you ever want <laughs> lipstick from the neck of a decapitated monkey? <laughs> that is terrifying. No. Oh, my God. Just no. I'm going to favorite. The, of gonna... course that's. Of course that's haunted. Of course it I'm is. Add this to my bookmark. And also, why does it have like pink fur? Here's another monkey one. This is a monkey purse. 
Yeah, please never give me anything from this website. And when's your birthday? I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm done aging. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denic Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an Office Depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denic, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat Notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smithsone binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf, they're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. And Denick works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to Denick.com, that's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's Denick.com, find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks! Back to the show. So we mentioned, uh, you know, Japanese mascots, and there is a Instagram account called Mondo Mascots. The link is in the show notes. And I went through, and I thought it would be fun to play a game where I tell you what the mascot is for. Okay. And then you tell me what the mascot looks like. Do I get his name? I can give you the name. Yes. I'll have to click the link yes. and, and tell you. I wasn't planning on that, but we'll do that. It's fine. You don't have to. If you need a handicap. <gasps> Fuck that. No, you just lit a fire under my whole ass. Don't tell me the name. <laughs> just tell me the business. She says that she's wearing a shirt that has a graphic with lava in a jar. Do you want me to sit on it? Well, you just said I'd do. You want me to take off ass, my shirt and shirt put it on no, my chair no. and sit we, on it? No, don't do that. You don't want me to take off my shirt? What are you trying to say? <laughs> you just think I'm hot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Okay, the first, the first uh, mascot you'll be coming up with. Okay, is for a rock climbing gym. All right, easy. If what rock climbs goats, I'm gonna go with a goat type creature. Okay. And I'm trying to think of. Does it have any accessories? Definitely. I'm I'm trying to think everything that I know about Yuruchara. and so it's gonna look like a goat gonna have little dot eyes i think it's horns it's like a billy goat and it's got little horns coming out if he's rock climbing 
maybe he has like rubber horns. They're colorful, like a like red rubber horns. Um, and maybe his his hooves are also that kind of like gummy rubber that it coats the rocks when you when you climb inside of a gym. And they're different colors. They're all like a blue one and a red one and a yellow one and a green one. And maybe he has a little harness around his belly. Mm-hmm. And the harness is like a, a little floppy. And he has his tongue sticking out. That's my guy. Okay. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. Okay. I'm going to send you the actual... What the actual fuck? There's two, there's two images what for this. What in Gumby hell, dude? <laughs> right? It looks like Gumby. This is not a goat. Guys. I love, I love that it has a, a mole to the left. Wait, before you do the details its... of where its mole is, where, <laughs> do you want me to describe this thing or should you describe this thing? And I mean thing. <laughs> Boru Nisan, bouldering sister. Yeah. Um, so it is literally a rock climbing wall turned into a mascot. The front has a face and it looks like Gumby. And on the back, it has all the little rock climbing like holds that you climb up on. It's literally a rock climbing wall. What Andrew is not telling you, though, is that it is like chewing gum green, like old chewed gum green. It has hair. It has a little bit of a blonde uh, it's, it's got the John and Kate plus eight Karen hair. It has Karen hair, dude. This climbing, let me just say that again for everyone in the back. This climbing wall has Karen <laughs> hair. But the the worst <laughs> part is its face. It has two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. The eyes half-lidded, bright fuchsia eyeshadow. The lips as wide as its body, bright red. The nose dainty and the mole to the right slightly above it's got a marilyn well it's left all right thank you thank you for the clarification (laughs) um he she she is a nightmare a little bit yeah i was expecting something very cute and what we got um (laughs) i would like the japanese government to rescind this one please cancel the rock climbing wall uh boru nisan i love it like when i was scrolling through earlier i saw it and i was like this looks like gumby sad (laughs) old gumby uh so the second one is a mascot for kyoto's museum kyoto's museum okay a museum is a place of wonder and learning it is a sophisticated Mm -hmm. environment with a bunch of uh, uh history Beautiful, dignified, marble, perhaps. Is it too Animal Crossing to say an owl? I gotta say an owl. It feels natural to me to have an owl represent a museum. But unlike... I feel like that makes sense. Yeah, unlike Animal Crossing, I think this owl is like a statue of an owl. It's made out of marble. And maybe it has glasses. It has big round glasses. And it's holding, mm-hmm. it's holding a, a book. And I don't know what's in the book. Maybe it's like a guest book or it's some history. It's a history text. Let's say that. Uh, I bet I bet it has a hat. And I, I don't think that the hat really means anything. I bet it's just like a little round 
blue hat. If I knew the Kyoto Museum's branding, then I would tell you what color it is. I'm going to take a stab and say that it's blue. A uh, little round cap. Um, and, and he looks old. He's like a wise, old, smart marble owl. Okay. Final answer. I feel like this character is definitely old. Okay. And they have kind of a hat. I got the hat. Okay. So you're like kind of right. Oh. I guess this 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 mascot has multiple outfits, so it does have a hat. It does have a outfits. hat that is very similar to what I described. And it is blue with that outfit. Yeah. Guys, I'm looking at a grumpy tiger named Toradin. And he's got a beer gut. I just love that he's always looking to the left. Mm-hmm. He's he's, he's angry. He's a gray tiger. So I gotta say, I said marble. <laughs> I know there's a lot of different kinds of marbles that exist, but I think the generic marble is the the gray and it's white with the gray stripes throughout it. I yeah. I would give myself half a point on that one. Yeah. I'm willing to do that. He yawned at me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's like 1030. <laughs> yes, I, I would give you I would give you half a point and then it, a point for the hat. I'll give you the hat. It's a very masculine looking tiger. Uh, I was expecting either of these to be cute and neither of them really are. This tiger, <laughs> he would wrestle me and he would enjoy beating the shit out of you. Yeah, unless he's wearing that sailor outfit. So the outfit that has the blue hat, the rest <laughs> yeah. of it is like a little schoolboy sailor outfit. Just a little more behind the character. So it's based on a painting in the museum. It's really cool, actually. That is cool. This one I can get behind. This is this is a lot <laughs> of fun. It, it's funny because it's like you can see the progression of like sketch, refined sketch, final. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the progression I have to go through when it comes to making cute characters is I mm-hmm. try one sketch and it's just awful and it doesn't look good at all. And then the second one, it's like, okay, we're getting there. We're not there yet. And then the third one is like, okay, acceptable. Yep. If I do any more, this is going to get way off the rails. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. And the third one the third one might be my favorite so i don't know what kind of facility or the name of the facility that would do this but it's a place that does enemas i'm sorry did did you just say a refreshing butt bath yes you want me to describe the mascot for for a butt bath place (laughs) yeah Tell us what a butt bathhouse mascot looks like. Andrew. (laughs) Andrew. Is it a squirt bottle? (laughs) Is it like a, is it like a, I'm going to say sriracha bottle. Don't think beyond (laughs) the shape, though. (laughs) Just just like that, that kind of thickness. No, it's not. There's no sriracha in it. I'm just thinking that cylinder <laughs> with that kind of a cap, but the inside is, I don't know, a saline solution? What goes in your butt? Something healthy. Probably a saline solution. I have not experienced an enema, so I cannot comment on that. I think he's blushing. 
I think I think it's like a ooh, oh no, oh oh face with little <laughs> blushes, and maybe it's not making direct eye contact. Okay. And it's got yeah, little n- little nubby feet. That's my final answer. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm I'm willing to give this one to you. <laughs> Whoa. Because you got it kind of right, because you did say it was in the shape of, like, the bottle. Yeah. So it's a penguin shaped like an enema. It's a penguin shape. It's a pink penguin shaped like an enema. It's, guys, it's very <laughs> cute. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, it's very cute. This is some shit that I would draw, dude. This is, let's see, if you, I... An enema bottle, uh, I've seen one and it hasn't been in this shape, but this makes more sense for if you want to put something up your butt. It's skinny on the top. It's got a little nub, looks a little wienery, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. and, then it, and then it gets thick and bulbous n- near the bottom here. And the eyes and the mouth and the cheeks, there is a little blushy cheek. That's, <laughs> that's in the bulbous bottom part. He's got a little thin feet and little wing w- hands. And there are, there's an eye hole <laughs> in the stem of the kind of penisy part. Yeah. So <laughs> this guy's a real winner. 10 out of 10. <laughs> right? Wow. When I found it earlier, I, I laughed like wholeheartedly. I, if you had given me three hours to keep coming up with uh, more descriptions for this thing, I would never have said penguin. You're right. So, okay, here's my follow-up question. So, this penguin also has a fanny pack. It does. What do, you, little... what do you think it carries in its fanny pack? Enemas, dude. Or breath mints. Oh, wait, wait. No. This is my follow-up question. This is the real follow-up question. What kind of merch do you think this comes on? I... Do you I... think it's like... Do you think they place this character on the butt of like shorts or like sweatpants? I hope not. I don't want a picture of an enema anywhere near my butt. But he's a penguin. Sure. Put him on my breast pocket. (laughs) Or perhaps earrings. I'll wear enema earrings. What if it were water bottles in that shape? (laughs) And you could drink out of it? (laughs) Yeah. I'd do it. No one would know. Who would know? Yeah, exactly. They'd just be like, that kind of looks like a penis. And I'd be like, haha, idiots, it's an enema bottle. <laughs> and got him. Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew? Can we talk about color? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think during our last recording, you mentioned that there are no blue foods. And such a confident statement inspired me to write it down and look into it and try to prove you wrong. Oh, oh we're playing this game. <laughs> Turns out you are right. I know. <laughs> There are no true, genuinely blue foods, but there are some foods we call blue. Hmm. 
They like, there are carrots, corn, and some sweet potatoes. And purple, if you count, guys, it's so it's purple, dumb. Well, it's usually because the the foods that we call blue are are color like you know pink or they're orange, and then they have this antioxidant in them that this pigment in them that causes it to be blue. But it also still mixes with the existing color, making it like purple. Oh. oh. So that's usually why it ends up being more purple than it ends up actually being genuinely blue. Interesting. Yes. Um, so, I love science. So okay. there is also a fish, though, that this fish is like a teal blue fish in its mouth. Bluefin tuna? It, it's actually, it's, I think it's called... I have the link right here. Let me. Is it the bluegill? It is called a lingcod, and it is a kind of fish, surprisingly not related to the cod family at all. And its flesh is bright turquoise, but only stays blue before it's cooked. Oh. So we could make the argument that there is blue food, but to eat it, you have to cook it. There's only one turquoise fish that we eat, that according to this article called uh blue foods you did not know existed because they don't exactly so there are blue or purplish sweet potatoes there are blue pansy flowers Mm -hmm. which are edible there are concord blue grapes and there are blue carrots in this article gotcha which the blue carrots are just they they just look purple they just look dark purple Sometimes at Ralph's, they'll call them heirloom carrots. Nice. And you'll go, the fuck's that mean? And you'll buy them and eat them and think, I'm healthy. I'm a healthy girl. So because of this, I want to play a fun spin on the game, true or false. But I'm calling it hue or false. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So I'm going to state, I think I have four statements, and you... Beth get to say whether they are you, aka true or false. So the first one is if you want to curb your appetite, maybe grab a blue plate. This fucking question. Um Hugh. Correct. Nice. It is true. Some diets recommend that you eat your food on a blue plate because it actually curbs your appetite. Number two, the reason why there are so few blue foods is because we were less likely to eat them, so we stopped growing them, and eventually those foods became extinct. False. Correct. (laughs) That's not how, guys, that's not how evolution works. Evolution is (laughs) random. (laughs) Number three, blue foods have loads of antioxidants thanks to pigments called and. Hold on. And it's thought. true. It's hue. It's hue because there's a word in it that and, Andrew and doesn't thoughts. know. <laughs> he doesn't know the word, and so it means it's and, true because he didn't write it. Cianins. Anthocyanins. Hue. Correct. <laughs> Earlier, I did not trip up on that word as badly as I did just now. Yeah. So there are these uh, pigments. In, in those foods that, you know, give them that blue tint. 
and they're antioxidants. So despite, you know, people not usually going for blue foods, Mm -hmm. um, in this article, they speculated that as time goes on, we might become more accustomed to blue food. Hmm. Because it, it, it'll have, you know, more anti, antioxidants in it. Helps that us as children were taught that blue raspberries a f- normal thing. Right. <laughs> so, fun fact, <laughs> at the top of this uh, article, uh-huh. it's like a photoshopped bright blue strawberries, like, at the top. <laughs> uh, would you eat yeah. it? Probably. Once. Yeah, me too. If someone told me it wouldn't hurt my tum-tum, I'd do it. Yeah. They're like, this isn't poison. No poison. Just a man walks up to me on the street. This isn't poison. <laughs> Eat this blue strawberry. <laughs> oh, if he says so. <laughs> okay, I can trust you, stranger. Tastes like a strawberry. So number four, the late 90s classic Blue by Eiffel 65 is okay. actually inspired by the group's collective love of blueberries. <laughs> a stab in the dark here. Hugh? <laughs> False. Damn. <laughs> I want it to be true because right? Dabu D Dabu Dai kind of sounds like saying blueberries real weird. <laughs> I love your reason behind it. <laughs> oh my God. Because that was one where I thought of that and I was like, this is fucking gold and wrote it down. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my God. So yeah, that is our game of hue or false. And you got it. 75%. That's that's good. That's passing. That's pretty good. I get the Andrew Certificate of Knowing Colors Award. Yeah, I made up. You're allowed to use color, Beth. Oh, nice. Let's try to make a Your Art Friends mascot. Okay. I have an idea. Well, you have an idea of you. You have the the key with or the lock with the key in it. I did write and it's that. It's got down, a little I? adorable face with a probably a butt on the backside of it. The key is stuck in the butt. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of using the key as the nose, like the yeah, the no. thing that makes sense, it's actually the butt. It's got a quote unquote tail. <laughs> okay, I like that idea. Um. So my idea is that it looks kind of like a muck or a grimer, but Ew, instead, dude. but but it's a kneaded eraser. Ew! It's a kneaded eraser with art supplies coming out of it. That's so gross. You want our mascot to be garbage? You want our mascot to be gray goopy? Gray yeah. goopy. It's got like it's got like. Tell, tell me you don't glass love in the it. feeling. Tell me you don't love the feeling of a kneaded eraser love that you haven't just the sat feeling. there and pulled it apart and just played with it can i admit something kind of weird to you sure (laughs) as if you haven't already admitted weird things to me before on this podcast i like to feel things with my lips (laughs) 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 and like if you pull a kneaded eraser it gets really marshmallowy and fluffy in the middle Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i like to i like to put it up against my lip a little bit and have a little touch time because it feels really nice. Okay. Does it, does it in fact, feel like a uh, marshmallow? A little bit. Okay. But then the tragedy of it is that when you touch it 
the the softness becomes firm again because it it goes back together like clay. If you've never played with a kneadable eraser, uh, y'all go out to an art supply store, buy a I don't know fifty cent kneadable eraser, and then let your life be changed. Because I didn't know about these things until I went to art school, and it's essentially. It's like that kind of tack stuff that you use to put posters up on your wall. But Poster it's not tack. really tacky, though. It's not tacky. And you it's kneadable. So it is an eraser, and it functions better than most erasers you've ever used. Uh, and it's, it's self-cleaning. So after you erase something, you just kind of play with it. It's a great fidget toy. Oh, my God. On my D&D podcast, James, the guy who plays Flack, you guys might know him from Dead Meat. That's what he does all all recording session. <laughs> yeah, the thing I don't like about Needed Eraser and the way the reason why I'm not a fan of it being our mascot, it's stinky. It's stinky. It smells like stinky. It smells like the table. It smells like thumb juice. You know, like the little bit of and clammy, you're clammy me, hands. You're telling me. Yeah, clammy hands like the clammy hands that you and I have when we start to record this and we get nervous about something. I don't. Our mascot can't smell like our hands, Andrew. The mascot doesn't have to smell. It just has to embody our fun, carefree nature. It must convey a strong message of love for one's hometown. Its movements should be unique and unstable or awkward. And it should be unsophisticated or laid back and lovable. And it's true that your needed eraser boy does, in fact. Okay, the only way I agree to needed eraser and not like, I don't know, a cute lizard is if it is formed into a shape. Uh-huh. So, so it is a needed eraser and sometimes shit happens where it gets pulled apart and turns into marshmallow fluff. But for the most part, it like looks like a bear. Okay. That could be fun. It could be an ever-changing mascot. Because it could just be made out of... Do you understand how branding works? (laughs) No, please tell me. (laughs) It can't be ever-changing. It's just one picture. It's got to go on a hat. It's got to go on a shirt. It's got to go on a backpack. Uh, Okay, okay. It can't be a different thing. No one will know. Okay, here's it's gotta, an idea. It should be mad sometimes, I think, because of me and how I feel. I get mad. It, ne- it needs a butt. What is a Midwestern? Sign- is it just the word oak with like a face on it? It's holding art supplies. Oh my God, dude. Oh my God, this is so... I didn't think... I thought two artists <laughs> put them in a room we could come up with something cute as hell. We could come up with penguin enema. Well, like, oh, the the opening the O and the little top half of the E, yeah, could be could be the eyes. That's a um, that's an American mascot. You're going, you're going nasty, dude. Everybody, <laughs> stop the podcast and go look up hey, Mister hey. Slice from Papa John's, the worst just... mascot I've ever seen in my goddamn life, and the Ope mascot. The words Ope, where he's holding (laughs) art supplies. Same fucking energy. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that whenever I try to do something cute, it starts out very far from cute. And it takes like three iterations to finally get to cute. Let's iterate it. 
We're starting okay. at Ope. What says Ope? Something dopey, right? So, mm -hmm. what's a dopey thing? I keep thinking of a bear. I don't even like bears. I don't want our logo to be a bear. It doesn't need to be Ope. We can go with something else. But, like, what's a Midwest thing? What you just did. People, please. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> What if it's just a shirt? What if it's just a shirt that says it doesn't need to be my mascot? It can be something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> a chameleon? Chameleons change. Chameleons change. A chameleon made out of a fucking like needable eraser. So not only is like every part of it is changeable. No, we need to stand up for ourselves. We need to have a clear identity, wants and desires, and and an opinion. Okay. Maybe it has a needable eraser, and it's gooping in between its hands. So that means it must have hands. Yes. What's your favorite shape, dude? Trapezoid. <laughs> okay, I've drawn a trapezoid, and it's got little feet. I'm going to give it big eyes. <laughs> they look so sad. It looks like we just took their ice cream from them and they're about to cry. <laughs> he does. I did draw kind of sad <laughs> eyes on this trapezoid, didn't I? Yeah. What if our mascot's a hand? Slightly creepy. Gives us in the realm of the, um, what is it, hamburger helper? Can we make, can we fix a hamburger helper? <laughs> make it not a hand? Oh. Ooh. Okay, Midwest. What about corn? No. Ooh. Ooh. Or is our mascot a cup of paint water? And then there's just paint, like a little bit of paint water just like dripping down the side of it because it moves around a lot because it's all awkward. I, I, I like it a lot. I'm being quiet because I'm drawing it. <laughs> Part of me also wants to make it like spewing up paint water because it mixed up its paint water with its mug. <laughs> it looks like it's kind of drunk. Good, yes. It's like, hey, hey, hey. It's like that TikTok that's like, when I send you H E H E H E, it's not he 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 he. It's he 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 he. Yeah. That's the energy of our mascot, yeah. <laughs> Okay, Does I think it needs, like, a, a handle for the mug. Okay. It's been staring at us this whole time, a mug. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. God damn it. That's, that should we're, have been we're very... We're big dumb. Oh, what's its name? Is its name Jewelried? Can we call him Jewelried? How do you ben spell Jewelried? that? I, there's so many different spellings. Let me look it up. Andrew, I'm drawing our bud. I'm drawing our little buddy here, and I'm I'm so in love with him. <laughs> oh, I love him. He's so cute. I love him. I love him so much. And he's also the paint water's covering up one of his eyes a little bit. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so cute, guys. We're gonna. I'll try to. We'll try to post this to the Twitter. I would protect him with my life. <laughs> That's baby. So he's a paint water mug with a little paintbrush. How many paintbrushes should be sticking out of his head? One? Two? At two. Least of two. Us. Yeah. And they can be yellow and pink. Yeah. Okay, so we got our little jewelry guy. 
little jewel read. Little jewel. Little jewel. Spelled G E O L. Joel. Little jewel. Jewel. I don't love the name. Okay. I don't. I love the idea of the name. But the name itself, it's a little bit too too much gravel in the mouth, you know? Yeah. Joel It's Lorenz. not easy to spell. He looks more like a Pepe or a TT. He could his name could be Ope. Oh his name's Ope, dude. His name is Ope. Ope. The paint water mug. Ope, the paint water mug. <laughs> God damn it. It is kind of frustrating how obvious it was once we figured out that it was a mug. Can we put Ope the paint water mug on a mug? Uh, yes. Can we do a bunch of drawings and he's just like walking around on the bottom of the mug all around the edge of it? And he falls and the paint water spills out and then he cries and that's the end of the comic? Yes. He has a little, he has a little trip. Ope's trip. Ope, I tripped. <gasps> <laughs> And that's how you come up with ideas. I love him. Guys, go to our Twitter. You can see Ope. You can see him in, uh, in his so sketch cute. glory and his full glory. Because I'm going to finish this. I'm going to polish this turd, you know? <laughs> oh, he's got a little butt, too. He's got you that's turn him around. That's our turd. I'm so sorry, dude. You're right. <laughs> that's our turd. That's it. We have our child. We've made and our just child. Just like a human child, Beth did 90% of the work. I only because I was the one who chose the googly eyes on my art and not my own face. He looks like you. <laughs> you got my eyes. <laughs> do you have an artist you want to share this week? I do. So a few days ago, I went over to let my friend's dog out. And while I was doing that, there was this book, this gorgeous, gorgeous book <gasps> on their their like couch side little in table and it is by an artist named graham irwin and i actually know graham um graham went to the school that i graduated from and he was a couple years ahead of me and he does a bunch of screen printing stuff and he is fantastic and just unparalleled when it comes to typography and pattern and design and color too um, I just clicked on his Instagram and audibly gasped. His colors. Did. I love me some primary colors. Yeah. Wow. Hit, what do you what do you say about this guy? Wow. He could design stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 thing that caught my eye the other day at my friend's place was the zine that he made, Hyperborea. Mm-hmm. And I flipped through it, and I was like, this is my artist this week. Okay, I'm going to try to take a stab at the style here. It's a lot of different things all combined together. It's very bold. He's using <laughs> flat, simple colors, but he does use black and white gradients with those colors. It's got like a traditional tattoo aesthetic thing going on. It's kind of mm -hmm. got like a, a Mayan stylization to it. It's also, it has like circus illustration mm -hmm. vibes. It also give, gives me the vibes of, like, old religious paintings sometimes. Yeah. Um, a lot of moons I, and suns and monster faces and eyes in the sky and snakes. I'm floored. I'm really yeah. impressed by this. Yeah. Again, all of this is on our Twitter. And uh, if you just want to go follow him on Instagram, link's in the description. Yep. 
Tweet at us at your art friends or email us at yourartfriendspod at gmail.com. Definitely follow us on Twitter because we're going to start asking for your guys' involvement in the show. I'm not going to say what yet, but it's, it's coming. It's coming. You can follow me at Beth Brad on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Yes, I'm still on Twitter, regrettably. I also have a Patreon and another podcast called D&D&D, Dinner in Dungeons and Dragons, if you're into that kind of thing. And you can find me at Art on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram primarily. You can also find me on Patreon. Um, I do not have a podcast. What, what are we doing? This, <laughs> I thought this we were just hanging out. I recorded it. I put it online. Everybody can hear your secrets. Well, we've come to the end of the podcast. <laughs> sometimes we were serious. Sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Shout out to famed 16th century court jester Tom Fool. But that's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things and a bare ass hang out together. We, 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 we have a son now. <laughs> what? We made a baby together in front of everybody. <laughs> your art friends is a more park media production our music is by andrew smith you can listen to his music on spotify and itunes under the name makeshift radio 